I don't even know what to say about knowing. I don't even know what to say about knowing. I don't even know what to say about knowing. I don't even know what to say about knowing. What do you think I know about saying about knowing things before I talk about saying I know them? Did you understand that? I'm trying to develop a new understanding through a cot through a <laughs> through a cod past. I'm I'm traveling back in time through a cod fillet of fish sandwiches past before it was even put in the wrapper, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty much just going to the going into that fish's past before it was in the pond, but after it got put into the McDonald's freezer. And I'm gonna I'm gonna work through that one. How you doing? I'm I'm uh I'm only gonna say my name once. I'm Josh Gauntlet, and I'm your host. And I'm I'm here to connect with you. You know what I you know what I mean. If you picked up this podcast for the first time, that means you are almost to the end of podcasts. Congratulations. Unfortunately, the end of podcasts is not like a boss level on Mario or something. It doesn't get cooler at the end. It just gets more desperate and low production quality. I mean, I tend, I I mean, I have like the same, you know, standard equipment I'm operating with, but you know, I'm, I'm the second podcast in, I can't remember what I talked about last time. I'm still trying to decide if I want to do the fucking music bed thing you know, underneath. I kind of liked it. It kept it moving along in the last episode, but it's just sort of, uh, you know, um, it's like, you know, shrimp crackers. You know, if you get a, if you get gifted shrimp crackers, you know, which is not, it's not the, it's not the number one problem that a lot of people encounter, but you find a lot of shrimp crackers on your hands. If you eat enough of those in a row, you're not going to want to eat any more of those things, you know? And it's like, that's how I feel about loops and music beds and jam bands. Maybe I'll get into jam bands later, but uh, I have, you know, pretty, pretty strong, pretty, pretty firm feelings about jam bands and their relationship with like real improvisational music, you know? I'm trying not to get like too highfalutin in this podcast. Not that that's a highfalutin concept that nobody will get. I'm not trying to imply that. And I certainly don't want to set a tone where I'm I'm coming at you from a, from a, I don't know what our relationship is. I mean, it's hard to define that in two episodes. But if you're this early on in, I mean, let's face it, you need help. If you're reaching out to me to listen to the podcast, first of all, at episode two in real time. God bless you. You're probably some fake, you're probably a robot in the Philippines, but that doesn't mean you don't have feelings. You know, you're a bot online. You got, you got feelings about the bot things you're concerned about. You know, you're, you're torn back and forth between the constant political bickering and just bad discourse, you know, like really ill-formed opinions and ideas, really parroted opinions. Oh, Drop the flashlight. I cursed the podcast with the big word parroted. Even though parrots are a concept I think all of us are familiar with. 
uh, pretty early on in life. Uh, but to use it as a verb is perhaps a little more sophisticated. Parroting something. I don't know. I just... I am wondering when the first time I became aware of parrots being birds. And, you know, just sort of consciously. Not, not necessarily by name, but when did I become aware that a parrot is a thing? You know? Those are the kinds of thoughts that will occupy, occupy your head during the workday. And you know... You know, in these COVID times, that's when you just go home. And you get home and you probably, you know, you make yourself an Epsom salt bath and a, maybe a margarita. Or you just sit down in the chair, you don't even take your coat off. And you just turn on the TV and watch that Amazon Fire Stick landscape background just change from ice world to green pastures to rainforest to mountain vista to fucking antarctic ice shelf to polar bear to close-up of a butterfly close-up of a butterfly is probably my favorite if i had to pick and if you're listening to episode two write in tell us what your favorite amazon fire stick tv landscape background is just can't make that choice on the TV or you just wanted to have something on to send bright lights at you to make you feel like you have company. We're all lonely now. You don't have to you don't have to pretend you're not. I'm I'm certainly not. I mean I'm doing this for God's sake. My wife stepped out to DSW before you know we're we're in the middle of like almost lockdown number two. It basically starts today, November eighteenth. 2020 um and so you know in michigan here they they stopped dine-in service and they stopped um you know um high school and middle school and college in-person classes all together um they stopped sporting events other than pro sport i don't need you can look it up what happened if you're that interested. I'm fucking sick of COVID, to be honest with you. This is my way to cope with it. COVID. I can't make a pun out of COVID. Not fully. I'm COVID-ing with it. You like that? Goddamn. I think you're going to learn. Well, I'm going to tell you in episode two, but you're going to learn over episode two, three, and beyond that I like to throw a pun around every once in a while. I throw it around like bocce ball. You know, I don't do it all the time. But every once in a while in the summer, I go into the crawl space and I get the bocce kit out. I go inside and I go underneath the sweaters and I get the salmon shorts. Sometimes I'll take a sweater if it's a cool summer evening and I'll play the fuck out of some bocce for an afternoon and then I'll put it away for a decade. I won't even look at this shit. and ideas around marketplace of ideas I'm not in a place to criticize um, the use of that phrase marketplace of ideas not in it's like pure sense or whatever but it's always like discussed or wielded that phrase is always like wielded by conservatives it's weird you know um Fuck, I got that weird 60-cycle hum from the cell phone. See, that is that bottom of the iTunes list fucking low production value shit you have come to know and trust in the 
Shit, I don't even remember how long the last episode was. I think maybe it was a half hour, maybe it was an hour. I think I was trying to do like three 20 minute segments. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll start out like that. I'll try and keep it focused in each segment, but you know, um Yeah, what else is going on? I wanna show what the uh we want just time. Okay, we're we're about eight and a half minutes in. Oh, that's pretty good. I like being able to look at a counter and tell you how many minutes and a half minutes and how many fractions of a minute we are off. All right. Podcasting has got to be like the most super saturated market. You know, I, I don't get to, need to get too mad about it, but just thought I'd put that out there. I hope you're doing okay out there. Whoever's listening to this really like, like, come on, man. There's a New York times daily you know, there's the dollop. There's some NPR, you know, all the songs considered. <laughs> you know, feeling like your head's a squirrel cage and you want to feed that. Maybe you'll go to the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, I don't know what this this is yet, but it's it's here for you it's here for you and i hope to get to know you and i'm gonna let you know who i am who i am um yeah so yeah i'm i don't ever really want to talk about covid you know i'm rebuilding a kitchen right now i think maybe i mentioned that in the last episode i don't know but I'm just sort of drywalling and doing a light electrical and some, you know, I did some demo and some, you know, patching of walls. And I also shortened some studs and drew a wall back by about two and a half inches and then finished that off and trued it and squared it and things like that. Um, just real ridiculous work. We had to pull a, a stove pipe and old vent out of uh, the wall. Um, and through the roof, and then we had to get up on the roof and patch it. And, uh, you know, a lot of plumbing. Outlets moved, inserted, circuits added to the box. Um, we bought a fixer-upper. And it's hard, man. It tests my patience. You know, you always think you know what you're in for. Not in the sense that you know every little task that you have to do, but there's just that, like, you know, an old house is a fixer-upper, and a fixer-upper equals this. You have some vague platonic ideal in your head. Oh, shit, I used the word platonic. Well, fuck, you should learn that word if you don't know it. I'm not going to pander to the lowest common denominator here. You have an idea. However hard it is to verbalize or express, it's almost like a intuitive visualization and like sort of a I, I, I don't know what it would be because I'm not a scientist I, I don't uh, possess sort of uh, the language to describe you know spatial awareness or a sort of cognition via like geometric you know reasoning and things like that uh, I I just know that um it's 
it's hard to know the specifics of that. Um, but it's just sort of a vague idea that this is going to be hard. And you find out in the specific ways. That's the thing. It's like the hard part about being a homeowner is understanding the specificity and therefore the costs associated. That's how you feel it. That's how it gets you in the gut. But it fucks with your head when you realize like how specific and how time consuming it is going to be to achieve a very simple end result. Widening an entire wall and the and straightening the two perpendicular walls that abut to that length of wall in order to achieve two and a half more inches of overall width to fit um, a grouping of cabinets and appliances that are pretty well thought out in space. It's tough. It's tough to do. And you make mistakes and you redo shit and you beat your head against the wall and you have a couple days like where it's just frustrating as all get out and it's all it's all right though you get through it and you learn how to solve problems but i had a tough day yesterday and the days leading up to it <laughs> it's been a tough couple of months i've been working on it and and it's uh you know you get in arguments with your spouse i'm working with my my dad on it my stepdad and uh, he's shown me a lot, but I'm, I'm learning that there's relationships that you have in your life that are just going to be there, whether you foster, foster it or not. And people break down kind of into three categories. And this isn't like a martial arts camp or concept, but there's like a, you know, there's students, teachers, and kind of peers, you know? And those are kind of the relationships you have and you seek to like maintain balance in those three sort of general channels you know like who are the teachers in my life you know and of those teachers who are true mentors and who are just kind of like good people whose uh judgment you trust and perhaps their values or their character and you just want to keep them near you almost by osmosis to like sort of inherit like a way of moving through the world i don't know it's but that's a breakdown of that and then there's students you know people who are like maybe have other relationships with you they're a peer but you uh you kind of show them what you know you know but either way like we're all learning purveying or taking in or you know reflecting upon or relearning or you know, we're, we're constantly in a learning process. Um, and it's important to maintain humility through that. And I've, and I've realized that on my part, but I've realized that it's also necessary to like hold people accountable for that as well, because you can't let each other down when you're working, you know, like you need to like, um, kind of define your goals and hold each other accountable to step up to like um, getting to each stage you need to get to. I know I'm alluding to a lot and speaking vaguely about stuff, but that, there's a reason for that. I don't know how comfortable I am, you know, delving too far into it, but that's been on my mind. You know, I've uh, been working on on that a lot, and um, so you know, I'm a musician too. I play guitar. I play in a band in Detroit. 
Um, and you know, it's good during, you know, we, we abided the first lockdown and, and didn't see each other for a long time. And we kind of atrophied. We were planning on putting out a record, you know, in the spring that we were going to finish and then spring came and so did COVID. And so the studio shut down and we kind of had a couple dangling, uh, not dangling chads. I don't want to make a pun, but, um, just, we had tasks left. We had tracks to record. We had full songs to record and you know, it was, it was, um, hard to, hard to uh, have to put that down for a little while because we had a lot of momentum going on it. But we also, you know, the band I'm in like changed members like three, four times over the course of this record. Like they hired and fired two guitars and there's a guy I played with on this record who was in the band. We, we gigged a lot. Um, and then he left over the course of recording the record. And so like half the record is just me playing double tracks or two parts and uh you know so it's it's this long laborious multi-stakeholder process you know there's so many credits to go out on this record um and i just we all want to move on from it and write new stuff but it's hard to be inspired you know when there's no world kind of going on out there at large to feel like you can uh take in some experiences and have some things to reflect upon. So a lot of the songwriting is, you know, at least on my part, you know, I, I write for myself and I write for my band. Ethos, by the way, is, is the name of the band. Um, when I have something to promote, perhaps I will. Um, and I'm sure I'll bring it up a lot over the course of this. I'm, you know, playing music is a pretty big part of my life, or it was, but, you know, it's an industry that has died up. The live music industry has uh, dried up, you know. And in Detroit, we were at a pretty good point where there were a lot of good venues to play at. There were a lot of cool little small venues, like there's this little place over in Royal Oak by us called Bolero, and it's just a tiny little venue. And it's, you know, you gotta turn your amps to half volume or whatever, but um, we just, uh, we play music um, out live and, and there was kind of a flourishing environment for that and I was feeling really good and my self-esteem was getting kind of a boost being involved with this thing and then, you know like so many people have expressed around the world their life kind of came to a halt when the world kind of did and not not to dramatize it too much because I'm still standing I still got a job a day job and you know I'm still lucky enough to pay my bills and pay the electric bill to be able to plug in my electric guitar and write music or record music anytime I want or you know, I can record this podcast. You know, I have a lot of a lot of things to be grateful for. But it's also a lot of just angst. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> a lot to ponder, you know, you you're with your spouse a lot more face to face. You know, my my wife works from home. I go into the office a lot. Every once in a while I'll take a work from home day, but you know, we've, we've worn a groove into like a sort of separate but equal routine. And, um, it's just getting old. It's getting old. We need our social outlets back. You know, and I don't think that's controversial to express that feeling. You know, what's responsible to do in an epidemiological sense? 
you know, what, what should your movements be given that we're in a pandemic? I agree the responsible thing, the utilitarian thing is to stay put. And I do so as much as is appropriate. When I do go out in public, I take the proper precautions and the proper PPE, and uh, I uh, I abide that unfailingly, and I advocate for it. But I also feel tired of it, and I just miss things. You know, I miss people. I miss having experiences like being able to go to a Red Wings game or a, a Lions game. You know, and then pop into St. Andrew's Hall to catch the last 15 minutes of the Presidents of the United States of America coming back miraculously after 25 years hiatus and and reliving their glory days of the 90s. You know, it's like, I didn't get that kind of summer. Nobody did. And I drive by the magic bag in Ferndale and, uh, you know, it's got the Save Our Stages links and, and please on it like so many other theaters across the country have and it's just a really really sad prospect that such a vibrant part of life I was talking to my wife about it we were saying you know going to a concert going to or a stand-up comic or any sort of like performance thing festival what have you it's more than just live music and we were, my wife and I were talking about it in the context of uh, kind of the same discussion, but more specifically around live music just disappearing and, and musicians being kind of in dire straits and like, how do we calculate the casualties from, uh, or the cost of, of, of human life in, in one extreme you know, just losing a job or something like that and and a normal sort of livelihood. And on the other extreme, maybe just like absolute angst leading to like suicide. Um, how do you account for that? Suicide is an easy thing to count. But the point was, it's a depressing state of affairs and it's hard to know if we have something normal to go back to or if we ever will. You know, or in our lifetime, when that will occur? Will it happen in 20 years, 30 years? How effective is this vaccine? Do we get it once and it's gone? You know, like, it's hard to know because it's, it's not like rolled out yet. We're still reading articles about its efficacy and there's some controversy over whether it's 90% or 95%. And you know, there's so much mistrust uh, fueled kind of by, I would argue like, um, kind of pointed social media campaigns and and narratives that are kind of embraced also by mainstream media. I saw a guy backing up out of the parking lot at Tim Hortons in in uh, Novi today, and he had a QAnon sticker on one side of his back window. The backdrop of it was like a majestic, you know, flowing. American flag image and then on the left side of the window it had one of those Spartan helmets so I'm like oh great it's an aggressive militaristic conspiratorial fuck awesome that's what one of them looks like in the wild it felt like seeing a fucking armadillo in Michigan it was it was odd I know they're out there but they exist to me in the form of anonymous voices that may or may not be created by some malevolent machine 
There's another big word for you, malevolent. Learn that, malevolent. Um, if you're listening, I hope you're like a really good like scribe or something. I would love to get transcripts of this because I'm treating this, I guess, as a diary. So far, I'm just rambling. But anyway, music, live music on like a live stream is hard to watch. Stand-up comedy is even sadder, you know? And there's so much about just the experience of going to a concert beyond just the performance of the music, you know? And beyond the fucking light show or the smoke machines or the pandering to the audience and the charm of the performers on the stage. You know, it's the smells in the air. It's the motivation to get out of your house to go do something. You know, whether it's to escape your parents when you're a teenager via a bedroom window and like one of those fire escape ladders, or whether it's just, you know, saving up your money for Lollapalooza and taking a real risk on buying an expensive wristband because, um, you know, you don't know exactly what bands are going to be on there, but you know, it's going to be like three days of like $24 beers and probably making out with some girls with neon, uh, Wayfarer sunglasses on, um, you know, and a lot of stupid selfies and headbands and white girls misappropriating fucking or appropriating uh, headdresses to the festival going demographic. So, you know, but those are experiences that sort of enrich otherwise on paper what is just a concert. You know, you can flip past in a metro times as easily as you can scroll past on the Ticketmaster website or you know the flyers on a bar uh, cork board you know you can scroll past the the band's publicity sh- you know photos and their tour announcements and schedules and stuff like that quite easily you know the things that make those experiences magical is actually being there so it's just, it just struck me as really fucking sad to watch a music live stream. And as much as I miss performing, um, it's sad to me to do it to no one. I tried it a couple times, you know, on Instagram. Um, and a couple friends, you know, hopped in and watched and stuff. And they encouraged me that it, that it was good, but... You know, it's it's a weird thing when you don't have an audience. And that's, I guess, where the, the stand-up thing came from. Because I've heard, I haven't actually watched it, but I've heard there's, like, stand-up comics. And I guess I'm speaking colloquially here, but doing Zoom stand-up comedy. I don't know if it's actually on Zoom or if it's on, like, YouTube Live and, like, people just tune in or Instagram. But I've heard rumblings of c- comics doing stand-up comedy with no audience present. And they'll leave their punchlines. They'll do stand-up comedy with no audience there. And they'll sort of lay out their punchlines like they would in a club, but there's no interaction. So it's just odd as a spectator, also alone in your house or in your bed or shitting on a toilet at work, avoiding working. Um, You know, it's a weird environment. And I've heard there are some comics who have done that comedy and they superimpose crowd laughter or something 
which is insane to me. I cannot imagine watching that. And I won't pay for a live stream, you know, unless it's like someone I know who's like hurting and could use it. So I see like a lot of people on Reddit doing like the street busker thing, but they've t taken it to the internet. And there's some really cool people who will like collect change and <laughs> uh, Venmo donations and stuff like that. Um, to donate to COVID related causes, like, uh, you know, relief related causes, you know, pursuant to maybe some financial instability that's causing you to lose some of your housing or something. I've, I've seen Redditors who are doing street busking, collecting money for that, which is really great. There's a lot of like charitable musicians out there who again sort of augment the experience of just the performance not necessarily in the way that you're able to be there and smell the smells make out with the wayfarer wearing girls but um you can basically uh just um donate to something so you feel like you have some other stake rather than just sitting there and watching music because i could go through youtube and watch much better concert videos of bands that have long been dead and just go down that rabbit hole and i often do so like seeing the foo fighters play something live again as sweet as those guys are and as good of musicians as they are and frankly their records haven't gone that stale over the however 30 some years they've been a band um or 20 some years they've been a band um, they're good, but I'm sick of hearing about them. It's like, give me another rock band that's really good. You know, it's like, it's Green Day and the Foo Fighters. And I'm like, they started in 95, both of them. It's like, like, give us another fucking band. <laughs> they're great bands. We need more great bands. And it breaks my heart that I can't see them up close. I got to watch them on K KX. K-E-X-P. That's a hard one to remember because I haven't even been to it in a long time because I'm just kind of... I have an aversion to music. It's a weird thing. I play music, but, you know, I, uh, I have an aversion to listening to it oftentimes. It's not necessarily related to COVID. Anyway, um, I'm going to take a little break here. We're at the 30-minute mark, so let's listen to a little music, I guess, and then I'll come back and we can keep going with this. <laughs> 